Ha ha! I've done it. Excellent. It works. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Life on the Vine with Jackson and Hutch. I'm Jackson. I'm Hutch. And this is Life on the Vine. <laughs> In case you didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting good at this thing. We are, we are experts. Obviously experts. Uh, it is yeah good to be chatting at you. I uh, hope you've been enjoying this beginning of a series where we're looking at the fruits of the Spirit. That's right. And what that has to do with life on the vine, life in, with, attached to, flowing from. Abiding. Jesus. Abiding yeah. in, yeah. So like Dan said, Hutch, your name's Dan Hutch. 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 For like, purpose of the podcast, yeah, I guess the, it's the, the podcast, yeah. 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 So, uh, like Hutch said, um, we were talking about fruit of the spirit, and we kind of gave an intro to that uh, a couple episodes ago. So, if you missed that, go back listen to the intro of fruit of the spirit, or if you don't want to, just keep listening. That's fine. Um, last episode, we talked for an hour about love. It's true. And we felt the need for a part two. <clears throat> yeah. Because we couldn't cover say, everything in an hour. Lots to say about love. That's right. Yeah. Lots to say about love. Uh, yeah. So, and mainly I, I wanted to have this part two because I wanted to make you talk about Paul in Ephesians 5. <laughs> wah, wah. So we got into love last time, uh, but thought there might be a little more to say about the nature of love and so i think that's kind of where we want to pick up today and we might get into joy but um but the nature of of love how what we see really what we see of love enacted in in christ and as a model for us as we think about living out this fruit of the spirit of love yeah i i like that because i think I think maybe we did get a little ahead of ourselves last episode because we didn't cover the nature of love first. Yeah. And so how can we talk about a thing without talking about the nature, it, the the nature of it, the yeah. essence of it, where it comes from, yeah, why it comes from? And we probably talked a little bit about it because we yeah. talked about the four loves, yeah. C.S. Lewis, and some of the different aspects of love. But I think just more to be, a little more to be said. Um and I, so I'll kick us off. Yeah. I, please. And this is, you know, all my best ideas are stolen from other people. That's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I was listening to some uh, Timothy Keller recently. And if you don't know Timothy Keller, highly recommend a uh, pastor in New York for a long, long time. Just passed away last week, I think. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the week two. before. Yeah. That uh, was. Uh, died of cancer, but really a great guy, beautiful ministry. And so I've been listening to his sermons, and one of the last sermons I was listening to is talking about the foot washing, Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And uh, I think that that image really gives us sort of a a beautiful picture of the nature of love as we talk about it. Obviously, the cross does as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But the nature of love in in terms of service, in terms of self-sacrifice. But I also really appreciated he, in that uh, sort of differentiated love and the nature of love from uh, sort of from two different things. One was from what he called hunger, and the other was from uh, like 
sort of tolerance. Okay. And and I thought that that maybe we could dig into that. So I'll, briefly, so hunger. What he talked about was a lot of the times when we say we love someone. Uh, sometimes what we are really thinking about is we love the way that they make us feel or we, in some sense, we're attracted to them and not necessarily physically or like sexually, but like we maybe are attracted to their charisma or attracted to their power or attracted to their personality or their humor or there's something that we sort of benefit from the other person and we, and that's sort of what we love and, and, Maybe that's even how it makes us us feel, um, and I've seen this with uh, with couples when they're when I'm doing premarital. I will invite them to write down a list of ten to twelve things that they love about the other person, mm. and and it's a really I love I love hearing those things. But every once in a while, someone will, and it's usually the guy, but every once in a while, someone will say like, I don't know, "You make me feel like I'm a better person," or "You make me," um, I love the way you care for me or um i should have these more in in mind now anyway but it's focused on self it's not like right it's not sort of i love you because of who you are and just i love you because i love you but it's it's i love you because of the things you do for me Mm -hmm. um and that's an instance where it's like okay maybe you want to think a little more deeply about like why do you actually love this other person uh and so but all i'd say that is maybe way in which we think of love but is not you know christian love obviously the love we see in christ is not about i've received something i get something i feel a certain way um what christ does is i'm giving it to you whether you give me anything in return or not right i'm doing this for you at great cost regardless of reward right um and I thought that was, I thought that, I mean, I think that was a good way of, to me, getting into sort of the nature of the sacrifice and service of Christian love, um, which I think is different than a lot of even the way in which we enter into relationships of love. Um, and sometimes we fall in love because we think we how the person makes us feel, right? right. Um, well, and not that that's bad, but again, we're talking about Christian love, talking about the nature of God's love, agape love. It's a little bit different. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's modeled to us by Christ that we really, really fall short of, yeah. right? And we've yeah. kind of talked, we've touched on this before, that pretty much everything we do is out of self-preservation, right? And we do, there's a turning point in in faith when you love God for God and not because of what you get from God. You don't love God because he saved you from hell and damnation. You love him for who he is. And we do love those things, right? We, we do Mm -hmm. give God the glory for those things because they're praiseworthy. They're, they're things that we don't deserve and we should give him praise for those things. But on Christ's example is is that he he never starts there. You know, yeah, he's not yeah. starting from a a point of what can I get. Yeah. We never really see him in a position of of needing anything in return or yeah. really angling for anything in return. Um but for um 
being a servant. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's um part of I mean I think what we see in Christ too is the and, and I th- and we probably talked about this last time, but sort of the idea of you can't give what you don't have. And I and and Christ gives love freely which is really as you said it's like really hard for us to do most of us don't give love freely but i wonder if that is oftentimes because we sort of have a love deficit um sort of we christ is infinitely fully loved and knows he is infinitely and fully loved he he is you know part of this triune god of infinite uh eternal love and fellowship and self-giving and mutual glorification from all eternity past and out of that fullness gives fully and freely to us um and so even though as we're called to imitate christ maybe this is getting ahead of like the nature of love into the practicality of how how do we love but like i think i wonder at least if if it's even possible in some sense we have to receive we have to experience before we can pour out yeah, I mean, I think that you're right. I, I the reason that I kind of brought that up is because you labeled it as Christian love, which I think is true because it's Christ's yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. But it's not really the love that we show as Christians to yeah. other people. Like yeah. it's the aim, it's the ideal, yeah. it's what we're striving for. It's it's God willing we get there, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that that these little interactions in our lives we can um, love others as Christ loved us, yeah. you know? Um, but I think that, I think it was more to semantics and trying to, um, clarify between what we mean in Christian love. Yeah. Not really actually lo- what we see Christians doing all yeah, the time. Yeah, totally. For sure. But for sure. more of what, we... of what Christ has done. Yes. What we are and continues to. to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think if Christians, if we we, I probably say we because if I say Christians, then it sounds like I'm talking about a batch of other Christians and not us. Mm-hmm. So just we, if oh, we, yeah, I'm, I'm in there. Yeah, if I'm we as there. the followers of Jesus loved more like this, then uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the world would be a better place. There'd also be a lot less of uh, the real and often deserved critique of the church uh, from the outside world. Agreed. So, yeah. Uh, but you kind of took us to Paul there. So yeah, we should probably take I did, a little, talk I? about Paul, right? I guess so. Uh, this is... Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Got the black lung. Got the black lung. Yeah. Talk to me in 30 years. <laughs> Can we reference that movie on this Sure, on this why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Uh, so Paul, Ephesians five, he's talking about various relationships, talking about life in the church and in the context of talking about, uh, marriage and, uh, husbands and wives calls upon husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And I should probably just read it, gave himself for her to cleanse her by the washing of water. It sounds pretty good. Don't know if it's right, but it sounds good. 
scrolling. Yeah, scrolling. Not scrolling, turning pages. Love your wives as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. And the whole Christ and the church and marriage thing, we could, sort of a different topic, but it, yeah. but it gets us into the nature of love exhibited in Christ. Gave himself. Yeah, it's self-sacrificial. And, there, and there's something about it that, and I know that it's the cleansing through the washing of water of his word, um, but there is something that is... Um, cleansing, replenishing, restorative of self-sacrificial love. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's kind of like redundant, you yeah. know, to say self-sacrificial love. When yeah. we're talking about the nature of love, it yeah. is self-sacrificial. Yeah. It's not a self-preser, so, an act of self-preservation. It's a, yeah. it's sacrificial. Yeah. So I have a, Question for you, Jackson. Okay. <clears throat> I love your questions. Yeah. Would you have... So I think the the image in that is that Christ makes the church s- splendorous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Splendific. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should definitely be a new word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so... And I think that's the nature of self-sacrificial love, right? We... We giving the 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 act of of love and of self giving love has the capacity to bring forth beauty. Yes, and so I was just wondering, would you have any experiences in your life or moments where you felt called to love or to serve in a way, maybe someone or in a situation that didn't feel lovely, and then you sort of saw this reality in the act of loving, like God did something and brought forth splendor and beauty. Oh man. Um, yes. Lots. I'm trying to figure out which ones I can yeah, say. Yeah, totally. totally. Honestly. And I know that um, that can get. No, no, no. Um, I see this a lot in just kind of the development of students. Hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think I get a, like a close up uh, quite frequently um, to this because yeah. I get all the time. People are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you work with middle schoolers. They're the worst, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. They are the best kept secret of ministry teaching adults. maybe i shouldn't say that on here um no but they're they're um typically adults are set in their ways and it's harder to um it's it's more difficult to adjust framework that has been set already Yeah. yeah um and it can just make things a little bit more rigid or uh we come in with misconceptions about things that mm-hmm. are harder to break down or yeah. any 
and I'm talking about myself as an adult yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but you don't have that as kids. And they come with their own difficulties, their own struggles. Um, but really what they seek is to be loved. And a lot of what they're trying to do is to, hey, if I do this, will you still love me? Hey, if I do this, will you still love me? And that's maddening. It is yeah. maddening. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people don't like about middle mm-hmm. schoolers is because they're they're pushing the boundary, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I genuinely get to see um, God at work in and through them all the time. Um, sometimes it's through epiphanies uh, that they have. Sometimes it's um, through inviting the one person that you would think would be least likely. Um, this has happened a couple of times, but um, you have a particular student that doesn't get along with another student, and then they invite them to something. Yeah. And it's like, that. where did that come from? Yeah. Like, that yeah. doesn't happen in any other context. But yeah. it's like, no, I thought that they would benefit from this, even if I don't benefit from that. Well, that's a self-sacrificial yeah, thing. Like, you is. have given up your enjoyment at this X activity to provide enjoyment and a place for somebody else. Um, I'm trying to think. I have a lot with parents too. Mm -hmm. I won't go into those. Um, I think if you have any, I mean, I don't want to make that broad of a statement, but I think for me, having in my significant relationships with people, there's always some sort of choice that you bump up against of, am I going to love through this? Mm. Like, I don't want to love you right now. Mm. And Mm. um, then you get to have a choice of, do you pull back or do you lean in and love anyway and hopefully come out the other side of that. Um, And so, yeah, I've experienced that several times. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again, not ones that I'll go into detail on here. That would be more of take me out for coffee. I'd be happy to share with you. But yeah, no, I'll share a lot, but I've got some boundaries. No, I, (laughs) that was actually just a test to see if you have boundaries or not. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You passed. No. Um, I, I appreciate that. But I, I think that, and I think that that to me gets us. Cause I think when we talk about self-sacrificial love, sometimes I don't know. Our, our minds go to like um, I don't know an image like Iron. Spo- spoiler alert! If you haven't seen all the Marvel movies from like ten years ago now, but yeah. you know it's like Iron Man snapping, and the image that that is maybe of Jesus giving his life and he snaps and you know restores things and but at great cost right i mean like we think of that sort of thing and i think the in some ways like the the practical daily call of love is a lot more like what you're talking about with hey i'm gonna invite this person who to something and i know that i'm gonna have a worse time because of it yeah but i am going to have them come i'm going to you know 
talk to this person. I'm going to uh, invite the person at work that no one wants to talk to and no one wants to like, quote unquote, go to the water cooler with. Like, yeah. you know, like if that person's heading to the bathroom, I'm going to like wait for five minutes and let them like, so I don't interact with them in the hall. Like, you know, I'm going to, and I'm going to go and I'm going to engage with that person. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to invite that person over for dinner. Like whatever it might be. Like that's the, um, in some ways the, like the simple sort of acts of self-sacrifice and service that I think we are called to on a daily basis. And I think sometimes we can put up sort of the picture in this grand scheme of like, man, I've never had a chance to, sacrifice my left friend i never had a chance to like jump in front of a bullet for someone you know and it's like well it's like maybe it'll come to that hopefully not but like not um but there there's daily things that that we are called to um i think and that's where i think where the rubber meets the road yeah and i think one of the biggest areas of practical now since we're moving on kind of from the nature of into a practical sense i i think giving of your time is huge and it doesn't have to be like, Oh, I need to go spend time with this person. Um, I, I, I think that anytime we humble ourselves, that we lower ourselves, it's actually an act of love Mm. and honor to God and that he uses that somewhere else. And so anytime I have some red flags that go in my brain. Yeah. And so anytime those red flags go in my brain, these are natural things that I think. And anytime I think these thoughts, I immediately run the other way. Yeah. I, I lean into the other way. Yeah. Um, and this practice has just kind of come up over time. But anytime I think I deserve this, mm. I think, whoo okay, actually what I deserve is damnation and hell. And I yeah. tell the Pathfinders that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So do I really deserve this? I'm actually, that's uh, a luxury that's coming at a cost to somebody else. That's, yeah. you know, and not to say that we can't have nice things, but yeah. if I let myself go in that mentality of I deserve this thing, yeah. I need this, yeah. um, I tend to run the other way from that. Yeah. Um, anytime I think that's not my job. Mm-hmm. So whether that's in my, my marriage, in my friendships, in my familial relationships, kids crying at 2am. That's not my that's job. Not my job. <laughs> um, I, you know, even if it's just like, Oh, I see trash on the ground. Someone yeah. should pick that up. Anytime I say someone should, mm guess who that someone is it yeah. gets to be me yeah. at that point yeah. um n- now if you practice that 100% of the time then you will also have to start p- practicing boundaries cuz yeah. there's yeah. so many things and we can't fix everything yeah. but if it's a someone should but not me because I'm too good <laughs> <laughs> that's beneath me then yeah. that's like a red flag it's like yeah. well I'm going to I'm going to do that yeah um so That's really good. those are all, that doesn't sound like love. That sounds more like self-denial. Mm. But I've found that the more that I deny myself, the more that I have capability to actually mm. interact and receive others and love yeah. others. Like yeah. I have more to give because I'm not so consumed yeah. with myself. 
Um, so it, and it's just it's those are t- teeny tiny things. They're they are blips of thoughts that happen. Yeah. Really, really fast. Yeah. Um. So those are just kind of ways that I've yeah. developed to lean into a little more of the quote unquote self sacrifice. It doesn't sound like a big deal. Yeah. And maybe it's not, but it's a little deal and God can do a lot with a little. Yes. I when I, I love the way you frame that, honestly too, in terms of love and the close connection between sort of love and self denial, love and self sacrifice. I think it's I think it's in Mere Christianity that Lewis talks about how we've sort of shifted the language and we, I mean, he was writing in a different time, obviously, but sort of from an emphasis on charity and the positive thing to it's all about like self-denial, what we give up instead of the sort of the, the positive aspect of what we're doing. And so I love that you kind of bring those things into the context of love, um, that putting the emphasis on on the, the positive aspect of doing these things out of love in, in response to the love we received as a way of... And and then self-sacrifice and those things sort of creating capacity, a greater capacity mm-hmm. for love. Um, and then also Lewis's, I love his word about how God is pleased with the first like fumbling steps that we take. He talks about how parents want their kids ultimately to be able to, I don't know, run and jump and leap. But that first wobbly step brings so much joy. Mm-hmm. And that's, God takes so much joy in the first wobbly step that we take toward love toward the imitation of christ um in all of its imperfection so we shouldn't you know poo-poo the the small things the baby steps baby steps out the door baby steps down the stairs have you seen that movie no what about bob what about him have you ever seen what about bob no oh who's bob oh you gotta see it why do i care it's ridiculous and i think it's is it richard dreyfus and Bill Murray. I think it's Bill Murray. What about Bob? Go check it out. Okay. He like drives his psychologist insane because he's <laughs> I mean, maybe a case study in what is uh what does love look like? Okay. With a difficult person. Okay. Yeah. Like go, go check it out. What about Bob? I don't know that I've seen it since junior high, so just take the recommendation <laughs> with a grain of salt. <laughs> but uh Anyways, his, he, he goes to a psychologist. He says, you need to stay and take baby steps. And so he like literally leaves the office taking tiny baby steps. <laughs> and he says, baby steps out the door, baby steps down the hall. <laughs> Anyways, that's, you, you can tell what sort of movie yep. it is from that. Yep. Um, so where were we? Where were we going? <laughs> no one no one knows. Love, service, uh-huh. imitation of Jesus. Uh-huh. Baby steps to love others. Do the small thing. Yeah, I think we covered it. Great. Go therefore and love well. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. I'll say just you know one I have been I think realizing or in 
I've been feeling the need more and more to meditate on the basics. And so the Trinity to me, and I say basics in terms of like sort of the core things of our faith. Not that the Trinity yeah, is basic. Say, <laughs> that's not basic, man. Yeah. But it's foundational, right? I mean, sure, yeah. it's, I think the, you know, the two things that we say are necessary for membership in our church, are belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and in the triune God. So it's like that level of, don't have to understand it, right? Yeah. It's, it's by confession, not, not by understanding. Um, but I, I've just been struck by the impact of that doctrine on the life of faith. And so been feeling the need to meditate on it. And I think with, with the cross and with the love of Christ, I feel the same way. And I, I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but I reached a point growing up in the church where I felt like, I know this, I've heard it a thousand times, what's new? And I, I, I was like, I don't really want to talk about this again. <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, it probably, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's just arrogance or pride or other things, but you kind of hear a sermon, you think, okay, I've heard this before, I don't need to hear this again. And I think what I've been entering into and in, in is a new season of just thinking there's so much in the basics. There's so much in the sacrifice of Christ. And that is bottomless. It is the, uh, it is mysterious, it is wondrous, and I will never be able to plumb the depths of it. And I think that only insofar as I continue to meditate and consider and reflect and give thanks, only insofar as I uh, dive deeply into those waters and continue to um, go down into their depths will I be able to love in any sense like we are called to. Um, so maybe just that's me. That's my own personal experience and maybe an encouragement um, to listeners, if, uh, just to meditate, dig deep, and we never get to the bottom of the basics of faith. I like that. I think that that's a really good encouragement. Um, and it's one that I have come to embrace a little bit. Talk to Steve and you know Steve, a, a guest of our podcast, frequent guest of our podcast. Um, flyer. Yeah, he, you know, he and I, we we get to chat a lot about what we're going to teach, what you know our our lesson series are going to look like, and we often are like, didn't we just teach this? And it's like, well, it was maybe two years ago, but the life of a middle school or a high school student changes drastically in two years. Yeah. And so even though you could teach the exact same lesson with the exact same words and the exact same inflection on everything, it's going to be processed from a different place. And I think that is one of the beautiful things about um, how God has created us, but also how he interacts with us is that the same words, the, the same act, the same thing i mean history is not changing christ did what he did it is finished yeah he's continuing to do stuff but the the history of it the thing that we're actually looking at as 
you know, the the cross. You you know, you talked earlier about something where you don't really want to do it, you love through it, and then there's glory and beauty that comes yeah. afterwards. Dr. Miller talks about it all the time. Like we wear crosses around our necks. Yeah. It's an instrument yeah. of torture. It's not yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. It's an ugly thing. And yet because of Christ's love for us, it's changed into something beautiful. And he didn't yeah. necessarily even want to, I mean, he wanted to be in relationship with us, yeah. but he even prayed, yeah. if this cup can pass from me, that'd please, be great. That'd yeah. be great. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think his, his, his word, his spirit is eternal. And even though it may be the exact same words, it's part of it, of scripture, scripture being living is that it, it speaks to us, to our being, to our realities of our hearts and souls and minds. Yeah. Infinitely. In a new in a new place each and every yeah. time, yeah. Um, and so and and, and I mean, th- I don't think that there's anything wrong with feeling that something gets old. You talk about it for long enough, you want to move on to a new topic. Yeah, like that's just pretty normal. Yeah. Um. And I I do think that when you're inside a church institutionally, that you can get kind of that way like that that can come a little bit easier because it is your monday through sunday yeah like yeah that that is and it's not just your monday through sunday living as a christian it's your monday through sunday teaching planning saying yeah 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 yeah. you know every meeting you go into who's the one that's praying it's not the 12 other people around the table it's you and like there's nothing wrong with that yeah but it does um pile up it stacks up and yeah. so it's like hey can we can we talk about something else for once yeah <laughs> i think that's normal don't worry about it yeah yeah well and just i'm glad you're back thanks <laughs> thanks uh and just uh from the psalms just a again encouragement but psalm one talks about the man who walks in the council or does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law he meditates day and night. And I think that that, that idea is you know, what we're talking about, but something I don't take maybe literally enough. Not that every waking moment, but just that the the way of the Lord, the work of the Lord, is something that can be meditated on day and night for a lifetime. And... Uh, Maybe it's part of getting older too. It's like, you know, Jesus, the woman caught in adultery, and he says, "Person without sin for the first stone," and the older people walk away first. Yeah. Seems to be apparent that they're like far more aware of their sin. <laughs> far, I mean, like the, the the longer you live, the more you have to regret. The more you have to be like, oh gosh, like I I know. Uh, there's a sense I think for many of us when we're younger of the world is my oyster and you know, everyone else is an idiot. And, uh, I'm nodding profusely over here. (laughs) And then as you get older, you're like, Oh, 
maybe maybe i'm the maybe idiot i'm the idiot <laughs> so maybe it's just getting older and realizing that like oh gosh this whole like jesus dying for me thing is you know this just takes on more and more weight and capacity and but well anyways, and i, I think know. that as we age and as we gain new experiences well i do i do think that there's a chunk of our life of kind of post high school maybe post college in, in into young adulthood where there's really a lot of things are changing but your life as a whole stays very the same if that makes sense mm-hmm. like it's very i don't know we have we see these huge jumps in development at birth through infants mm-hmm. again at adolescence Okay, so there's a leveling off that happens after an infant and you're just growing in your knowledge of concreteness. And then there's adolescence and then there's this plateau of like life is normal, normalizing. And then I think sometime in your, and I think it varies depending on people's experiences. Um, It's extremely variable. But I think that once you get into your probably your 30s really things start to like change the way that you view the world changes the way that you view relationships change the way that you know a lot of not everyone but a lot of people are married or they have kids or both or you know and those things you're your circle changes, yeah. you know, drastically in that yeah. in that time, and I think in your twenties and in your your late twenties, you're actually trying to solidify your circles, yeah. and then you end up in your thirties, and your circle is like kind of different than you thought it would be yeah. when you were twenty, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, but this is actually better than what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. that was at least my experience. Hopefully, yeah, um, yeah. and. So I do think that like with some of those experiences, you experience your flaws in ways. This is, I'm speaking from my own experience. I've experienced my flaws in a way that I haven't since I was maybe in middle school. Mm -hmm. Like after middle school, I feel like things started to at least trend in the right direction of self-control. And like, I mean, I had blips in the radar and I went through some like, not so great decision making and some of that, yeah. but in general, my decision making was getting better and better and better and better. And yeah. like my uh, ability to cope with situations was getting better and better yeah. and better and better with, you know, big dips and blips in there. Yeah. And then you get to children. It's like the game has completely changed. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I am, <laughs> Like, I haven't felt this rage since I was nine. <laughs> like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I do think that you just become hyper aware again of some of that. Like, we just, we get so good at polishing the outside. Yeah. And presenting to somebody, like, this is who I am, or this is at least how I want you to see me. And I think even in this world of, of uh, Instagram and 
TikTok and all that stuff. It's put your best foot forward all the time. Curated, actually. Yeah. And it's not even a rea- yeah. real foot. It's a curated foot that you're yeah. putting forward for everyone to see. You have a LinkedIn. Your resume's out there. Like, this is the best of you. Yeah. And that's not any of our realities. Yeah. And then you get into a certain stage of life and you're like, wow, I've done such a good job of polishing myself that I don't even know myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you take that look inside and you're like, whoa, man, maybe I do need some basics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're on a similar yeah. timeline. Yeah. Okay, we, that's are, yeah. we are. We are. I'm speaking of this. Even stuff. though you're far younger. You know, you flatter me. You still got a full head of hair, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I count myself blessed. Yes, yes. Uh, but wherever you are in life, dear listener, uh, I hope that you have experienced, that you do know, that you... Uh, the love that is for you, the love that has come for you, sought you out, and uh, take time to meditate on that. Yeah, and you are. My prayer is that 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 when you do start to dive into that, plumb the depths, meditate <laughs> that, that it doesn't drive you into kind of like, oh man. Well, it's okay to like think that you suck because you suck. Okay. I suck. We all suck. That's part of the reality of being a human. And, but I hope that you come out the other side with joy because yes. of what Christ has done for you, because wow, of good. who you are in Christ, who yeah. he created you to be. Um, not because of all the things that we have at our disposal, not because of the TV shows that we watch or the shoes that we wear <laughs> or any of the materials that we have or really even um well i don't want to say relationships because i do think that those bring us joy and real sustained joy um but i hope that as you look in as you kind of go back to the basics that any conviction that you're met with results in joy and rejoicing because you're seeking god you you are changing you're not stagnant you're not staying the same you are being made new and that's a good and beautiful and worthy of rejoicing yeah so yeah cool next week yeah we'll talk i think about joy joy yeah i think that's a great segue because it's true i love and i mean the the order as we talked about i you know the there's at least there is sense to the outpouring of love to joy to peace. And I think that uh, you did a great tie there from love and that experience and then that knowledge to the capacity that we have for joy. So do you want a, um, a crazy, um, a little scary glimpse into my brain and how my brain works? Obviously. Okay, cool. So um, I've, been watching some this sort of bonus credits this, yeah bonus i mean it, well, it, has, it, <laughs> it has to do with with that um picture of love being the fruit of the spirit and then other things stemming from it oh yeah yeah so i have been uh entertained i'll, I'll just say it that way I, I i don't know that i am like a believer in all this but yeah uh i'm entertained by 
some of the stuff that's on YouTube about ancient Egypt. Okay. And it's like really cool about the pyramids and how yeah. they think that the pyramids have been here for actually longer than what we give credit for like the Egyptian dynasties being around Oh, interesting. and that there were dynasties before the, I can't remember what the first Pharaoh's name was or whatever that happened a while ago. I used to but, know that. Um, Somewhere with an S. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But anyway, I was looking at maps and, uh, well, I wasn't looking at maps. I was watching a video and they showed yeah, maps yeah. and, um, it was talking about the Nile and how it had used to be different and how there used to be like a tropical place where the, the Sahara was and, or is and blah, 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 all this. And then it showed a picture of the Delta of the Nile. And I was like, Oh, Hey, that's kind of what Dan was talking about. of Uh like the Delta or the Nile, like where it lets out into the ocean is that's love. That's, and then everything else stems from that. You got these all these little tendrils of fruit of the spirit that yeah. are stemming from I like that. Love. Anyway, scary I you know, insight into my well, brain. I like that. And then you know the <laughs> this is gonna get us way <laughs> off into a conversation <laughs> that we don't necessarily need to have. But there's you know, the the language of like head, the head is used i mean even god being the head christ being the head of the church and at least one of the one of the like sort of meanings of that in the original language is the head of a river oh so like the the fountain head we sometimes talk about yeah. right and so that can be everything else flows from this which i think obviously you think about creation and like from god and even the, the life of God, the love of God, we can think about flowing from the Father into the Son, into the church, right? So you're not you're not that crazy, Jackson. I like this. You're not that crazy. Yeah. I th- well that, I was... that does not make you that crazy. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for the clarification there. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're still with us, I'm amazed, but you know, come back next episode for some more uh I'll give you some updates on the updates. Uh ancient Egyptians. Perfect. Excellent. And joy. There's going to be lots of joy. Yes. And frivolity next time. So, <laughs> thanks for listening. Talk at you next time. Bye bye.